The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I just saw a tweet that Juju Smith-Schuster said he bought 100-plus mega-million tickets this week. So he said, quote, I was trying to win so we could get Le'Veon back, but it didn't work. <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster is one of my favorite players in the NFL. Somebody won that in South Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah. God, somebody imagine? Uh, somebody won the money. I wouldn't be uh, here today if I would have won that last Today's uh, pop quiz was presented by Victory Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. The winner won a Royals bobblehead doll. There was no pop quiz today because we were playing the Broncos. A Broncos fan has issued a diss record towards Kansas City Chiefs fans. No one on the text line is willing to stand up and defend it. Everybody's saying, just get Tech 9 to do it. No, I want you to do it. That's what I want. I want one of you listening right now to go in the studio and record a diss record towards the Denver Broncos because they said your team never does anything in January and that you're overrated and overhyped and you already put Mahomes in the Hall of Fame. Defend Chiefs honor. You guys do it on Twitter all the time. You're telling me you can't do it in the studio? The Broncos have already issued the first diss. They fired the shots. You guys need to fire it back. I'm making that my pop quiz tomorrow. If I don't, we're canceling the pop quiz for the rest of the week. <laughs> that's that's the rule. Uh, we got Pete Sweeney in here. We've got Joel Thorman. I don't think we're getting any diss record from these two individuals. How are you guys doing today? Absolutely not. I was going to say you got to have Fanning do the diss record. I'm a, I'm a tremendous rapper, just so you know. Don't I'm amazing count, at it. Don't count our, our Arrowhead Pride readers out. I no, somebody's got, definitely gotta going to write a rap. There's, there's someone someone typing furiously. Uh, furiously away in the comment section right now with a diss rap. If I'm somebody sure. if somebody wants to send in a rap for me to rap, then I'll do it. We'll have Spec mix it up. All right, you heard that? I you heard it. that? I'll do it. I'm like I can't. I'm not gonna. I can't write a rap. Like I don't have that in my toolbox. You know what I mean? But if you want to write it, then I'll rap it. Okay, we can definitely we can definitely get yeah, on his last words. Right, um, there. I'll do it. I'm not scared. So today, there was a statement released by Patrick Peterson. It said, quote, I've been incredibly frustrated with how this season has gone, but my energy is 100% focused on being part of the solution and helping us turn this around. I've never shied away from a challenge before, and I'm not starting now. I've always given my all to the Cardinals organizations, my teammates, and fans. This is what I intend to do for years to come. I'm an Arizona Cardinal, and my focus is on this week's game. Adam Schefter released a statement that said, Uh, Patrick Peterson met Tuesday for 30 minutes with Cardinals president Michael Bidwell. They discussed ways for the Cardinals to get better and for Peterson to be a leader. Patrick Peterson got assurances from ownership about winning. I think this means that the Patrick Peterson pursuit is over. 
Fanning thinks this is all posturing to try to get more out of teams for Patrick Peterson. Joel, we'll start with you. What do you think about today's new wrinkle in the Patrick uh, Peterson store? I think he's staying there. Uh, there's no reason to do this if he's going to leave, um, especially bringing the owner into it for the owner to say he's staying and then uh, for him to go back on his word later on. I just I don't see that happening. That felt like too drastic of a step. So I think it's over. I think he's staying there um, and there's going to be a bunch of unhappy fan bases. My opinion, I, I disagree with Fanning in that I don't think Patrick Peterson is in on anything. I also don't think it's over. I mean, the Raiders wanted, were shopping Amari Cooper, and they really wanted a first-round pick, right? And they finally got it, so they sent him because it made sense to do. If some team comes up to you and offers you three first-round picks... Of course, but I mean, that's you know not I mean? realistic, but, but no, but what I'm saying is, I don't think they're, that anything is ever over. I mean, they could say no to a first and you know second and fourth, like you you know, you'd put it out earlier in the week, and then if some team comes and overwhelms them and makes them an offer you can't refuse... They'll do it. I think they'll do it. I, yeah, I just, I, I just think that this, it's a great idea for the Cardinals to do this. They, I think Patrick Peterson is a class guy. I think the Cardinals have treated him really well, and I do think he legitimately cares about the organization the way he's been treated. So, I'm sure you know they don't want to trade him, but so it's a win-win for the Cardinals to come out and have him support the team, support the ownership, and reaffirm his commitment. And then the team comes out and says, "Hey, we're not going to trade him." And then you go back, and then you get two more phone calls from Brett Veach and and. Bill Belichick or whoever, and they want to sweeten the deal a little bit, then you take it. I also think it's fairly irresponsible for the Cardinals to not trade him because they suck, man. Yeah. And, and they've got to get better, and they got to get better quicker, and you've got a corner at, at, at his peak with two and a half years left on his contract. If they could get max value for this guy, by the time he's 30 years old and this deal's up, the Cardinals probably still aren't going to be any good. If you, I think if, it's dumb for the Cardinals to not trade If you give the Cardinals a competent coaching staff, I think – you know, as we've seen in the NFL, they turn this thing around in a year, and no, all of a sudden they're contenders next year. Um, he's just—he's a really good player at one of those premium positions. Just like I wouldn't have traded Marcus Peters. Uh, I'm not sure trading uh, Patrick Peterson makes a ton of sense right now because I don't see anybody in the middle of the season coming up and giving up multiple first-round picks. You when know, it, all all the best teams are I, good for a reason, yeah. and it's not because they're giving up two first-round picks in October. You know. When it comes to the Cardinals, too, you just got rid of your offensive coordinator. I mean, it's not like it's a season when you still have any chance. And the way you see the NFL getting, and Brad, you'll like this, Spectre like it less, it's kind of becoming like the MLB trade deadline. Uh, And I think it's because there's a lot younger GMs that grew up with fantasy football and Madden, you know, and I I honestly think that makes a difference, the fact that it's like a new age of GMs, and you're seeing the selling at the deadline. It's becoming fun. Like, I'm excited for next week because I think there's still an outside chance Chiefs do something, whether it be like a middle-tier move or even a big movement. You know, Collins is still out there. I don't necessarily think that the Chiefs, like, wouldn't pick up the phone and ask about Collins with the Giants trading everybody. So, to me, it's just more fun. Uh, I I can't rule the Peterson out completely. I, I think it's less likely now for sure but I don't think anything's ever close I mean the biggest reason why I think it's over is I mean at some point like we've all been interested in a girl at some point but then you just had to realize man she's not interested in you like you dropped enough hints that I want to be with you or I want to pursue things with you romantically and she kept giving you hints no the owner has come out and said we're not trading Patrick Peterson that's ludicrous we don't want to do it the coach said we're not trading Patrick Peterson Patrick Peterson releases a statement today that says I'm 100% committed to being here Everybody involved in this is telling you, I'm not moving. I'm I'm staying here. And think about it like this. At least with some teams, there is reason to believe they are shopping parts. Like like uh, like uh, Lane and Collins or, or Janoris Jenkins. Right. The Giants don't have to tell me that Lane and Collins is on the block. Everything they have done so far would right. suggest that you can get Lane and Collins. 
Give me one piece of information that would suggest that Arizona wants to trade Patrick Peterson. So I can give you 10 examples of they don't want to trade Patrick Peterson. Everything they're saying suggests they don't want to do it. I, I, I know what you're saying, and and it's it's crazy. It almost is crazy to me. I I, cause I, I, I just, mean, the Raiders said they weren't going to trade Khalil Mack either. So, I mean, we see this in the NFL. We see it in sports all the time. Khalil, too, was just a different a, situation. Because he wasn't coming. He wasn't yeah, showing up. So, to me, it's a little different. I think Peterson putting out the statement, I mean, he now, what else? I, you know, he's in a situation where he wants to play. He has no other choice but to say, all right, I'm just going to stay here. I'm going to be a Cardinal. I'm going to put my best foot forward. I I don't think it's completely closed because I think there's an offer out there that they you you simply couldn't refuse. But at the same time, yes, I think it's a little bit less likely he's moved. I'm just saying, give me to Halloween, and if nothing happens, then I'll believe it. Because I don't believe everything the coaches, GMs, or politicians say. Because the majority of the time, they've got an agenda, and they're saying something for a reason. We see it around draft time. We see it around trade deadline time in all sports. We see it all the time. So until it happens, you know, I, I'm 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 going to be over here not believing anything that I hear from any of them. There are only so many Cowboys out there who, who have a free extra first-round pick to give away <laughs> yeah. on a mediocre player. No, it is, well, uh, my, my that point, is definitely a Cowboys thing to do. Yeah. Uh, what I've been saying all week is January 11th, 1970. It's the last time the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl. And if, I mean, Therese believes that Patrick Peterson or a player like him could put him over the top and actually get him there. And I think the Chiefs owe it to their fan base to do it if they can make a deal happen. I think there's another idea out there, too. And you saw Sam Melliger of the Star tweeting it out from people that he knew. Like, I think the Chiefs think their midseason acquisition is going to be Eric Berry. And and I think they've sort of put everything behind it. I think they like their younger cornerbacks and Kendall Fuller and Steve Nelson. And they like, whether you like it or not, what Skandrick has done so far. Yeah. And and so for for me, I mean, I just think that's what they're putting their chips in. And now Sorensen's back. Berry's, you know, in the mix. Hopefully he's back, you know, within a week or two or whatever it is. Uh, and, and that'll provide your boost. But I, I just think they're not willing, whether it be right or wrong, to sacrifice yeah. their future for making a splash but, move. But, Pete, are they sacrificing their future? And this is the point that I made yesterday. They're basically set on offense, right? And if you get two and a half years of a corner, then you got Fuller and Peterson for the next two and a half years in Kansas City, and your young defensive players who, at least it appears to me, speaks, you know, Daniel and those guys are starting to step up. You get Armani Watts back next year off IR. Are they really selling their future? I mean, I think that's the other question. Like, this isn't a Royals thing where you go get Cueto and Zobrist and you do sell the farm and you don't retain those two guys and then you pay for it years to come. I don't know if the Chiefs – I don't know if that's going to have the same effect, which is another reason I was in favor of this deal. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of going for it all when, you, when, you, when it looks like you're close. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why I'd be, I'd be interested in a Patrick Peterson trade, but not at you know, the price it would cost. Like It's not worth a first-round pick to me because I think that's such, uh, you know, such an expensive um, price. But I do agree in theory with the, like, hey, looks like this might be your year. Like Go all out. Do whatever you got to do to find a playmaker. I'm actually on Pete's side of this conversation where – I think the only moves they realistically were willing to make are for the big moves. Like Earl Thomas is a move that greatly changes things. Patrick Peterson is a move that greatly changes things. I don't think they're trading for Landon Collins. Like I don't think they're making a move for Janoris Jenkins. I don't think they're making a move for Alec Ogletree, an inside linebacker for the Giants. I don't think they're interested in those kind of mid-tier moves because of what Pete said. I think they look at Eric Berry as a move after the trade deadline, and they look at Justin Houston and and, and – uh, and a Daniel Sorensen. I think those are the moves they're looking to improve the roster. That unless it's going to be something that makes a big ripple, I don't think they're making any more moves. 
it's just, man, I go keep going back to it. It's such a shame that Earl Thomas got injured because I think that was real. Yeah. And I think that could have made a huge difference. And we wouldn't even be talking about this. And the defense may be a lot better today. And, and that's what's tough is I don't know if they necessarily even need a cornerback. I think they wanted a safety. And maybe it's not an exact fit either. Coming up in 20 minutes, we'll give you a chance to win 1000 bucks on our national cash contest. I have been called Buzz Killington all week about the Chiefs defense. Buzz Killington. But it is hard for me to see the Chiefs give up 43 points to the Patriots. The next week, you have Andy Dalton at home on national uh, TV. You play well against Andy Dalton. Now everything is fixed with the defense. I just don't I just don't believe it. There were some headlines on you guys' website that kind of piqued my interest a little bit. I'll read them to you coming up. It's the draft. You're a bigger Buzz Kill than Buzz Killington. Coming up in just a bit, we'll give you a chance to win a thousand bucks in our national cash contest. We got the guys from Arrowhead Pride in right now: Joel Thorman, Pete Sweeney, taking you up until three forty-five. That's also got. I was, I was on Arrowhead Pride's website. Yesterday. Strong, strong drop game from uh, Spectus. I hate complimenting him on anything, but he's been he's been in midweek form yeah, since Monday. It's looking yeah. good out here. It's been great. I was on you guys' website earlier today. Uh oh. And there was one in you guys' arrow headlines. Very clever. It says, an improving Chiefs defense is scary for the NFL. And I always read you guys' pieces. It's normally either Patrick Mahomes or, like, the big thing. And you guys are on the website trying to sell me that the Chiefs defense is better. That's what you guys are trying to sell me on airheadpride.com. Now, I know I get called Buzz Killington all the time. But there are two clear, different Chiefs defenses. It's when they play a quarterback that I think is good. And when they play a quarterback that I don't think is very good, <laughs> when I've seen them go up against Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger, they've gotten cooked in those scenarios. When they've gone up against Blake Bortles and Andy Dalton and Case Keenum, their defense hasn't been that bad. Do you guys believe that the defense is turning the corner? Or do you think it was kind of what I think? It was Home game, night game, Arrowhead was really electric for Patrick Mahomes' first Sunday night football game. Andy Dalton never wins in those scenarios, and they just took advantage of a team that was just not capable of beating them on Sunday night. Yeah, I think the um, – <laughs> I don't think it's real completely. Um, I think there are more like Case Keenums and Blake Bortles and right. quarterbacks like that out there, so they're going to have um, a couple, a few more good performances like that. Um, but when playoff time comes and they're playing the Rivers, the Roethlisberger's, like that kind of uh, level of quarterback play, like I'm 100% expecting a 45 to 40 game um, every round of the playoffs because that's what it's been like um, anytime they faced another team that can score. Um, so get ready for some more Andy Dalton type games. Uh, but man, I, I just don't think they're they're like a real 10 point per game shutdown defense like they showed. I think it's tough in the NFL to really see, to your point, Carrington, improvement week to week because you just don't play a Ben Roethlisberger or Phil right. Rivers every week. You only can play what you can play and it's one game a week, you know, in between it's seven days. So it's hard to really tell, okay, is this real or, or is this, you're right, Andy Dalton or Blake Bortles. But I don't know. I just look at what the defense has done in the past three weeks, and they have had two of three good games. Again, Tom Brady's a very different animal. But, you know, I I don't want to say that Andy Dalton in prime time isn't a thing, because it certainly is. But based upon just the Bengals' offense, they've been having an okay year. I mean, you know, this Andy Dalton is not Blake Bortles to me. Like, Andy Dalton is also better than Case Keenum. So I, 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 How much better, though, in your opinion? Because... To me, Andy Dalton, like, I think we've seen at least this year in the NFL, there's like six or seven really good, consistent quarterbacks week in, week out. 
But then, man, the gap between 8 and 17 is kind of like the team gap. One, we can go out there, and uh, and uh, if you're in Minnesota, you can beat a team that's really good, but then you can lose at home to Buffalo. But I'm not saying Andy Dalton's the worst quarterback in the league, but we've just there are enough numbers to suggest when Andy Dalton plays in scenarios like the one he played in Sunday night, he never plays well in those scenarios. I just really like the weapons that Cincinnati has to offer between you know Green and Boyd and Mixon, and they've been playing well enough to you know have an above heading into the game. They were four and two, you know they they were two games over 500. And again, I just look at the Chiefs' day and, you know, the injuries, no Justin Houston, no Eric Berry still, and you have players like Jordan Lucas playing a little bit better. Breland Speaks is starting to come around, I think, at the edge position, and so, I don't know, I'm trying to put everything together, and is is it 100% definitely solid? Do I think the Chiefs' defense is is fixed? By, by, by all means, no. But at the same time, I just look at these last three games, and I, I think... If you put this version of the Chiefs defense against, say, Phillip Rivers, you know, in that week one game, I think they're definitely better than they performed that day. I mean, Andy Dalton's on pace to throw for 4,100 yards and 34 touchdowns. I mean, you can say whatever Primetime Andy Dalton turns into yeah, bad case a, Keenum. A I get that. I get yeah. that. They, 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 what do you do on Thursday? Didn't he have a nice game on Thursday night football earlier this, this year, too, though? So I, I, I give Andy Dalton more credit than a lot of people do. I, I think he's a decent quarterback. He's certainly not on the level of of the really, really of the great ones. He's certainly not on that top tier, but I think he's all right. You got A.J. Green, you got Joe Mixon. This team came in average of 29 a game, and the Chiefs held him to 10 points and three in the second half. I think that deserves something. Now, you know, over the next few weeks, what do you have? Cleveland, Arizona, Denver, before yeah. you get to the Rams. So it's not like you're going to be facing, you know, terrific offenses. I think before you can say they've turned the corner or significantly improved, I got to see what they do against a team that they would face in the postseason, a team like the Rams that has that kind of offense. And then I'll, and then I'll say, like, okay, if you hold the Rams like 24 in Mexico City, right? okay. Now now we're talking, but you got to start somewhere. If you and, get if you get Barry Sorensen and Houston back and you put up a couple of good games, like I'll start to believe it yeah. a little bit that, they, that they've turned the corner. Uh, but Andy Dalton in primetime won't be like the, the, the single thing that I can look at and yeah. say that. I, Although over this next month, they play some – not great offenses and in, in quarterbacks, like you said. So, like, yeah. it's possible they're going to string together several uh, several good defensive games. Yeah, here. You've got Denver, Cleveland, Arizona, the Rams. Then you've got the Raiders, the Ravens, the Chargers, Seattle. And then you finish up with Oakland. So you're not facing a ton of great quarterbacks. You know, I think the hard part of the season is over for the most part. It's yeah. tough too in the NFL for, to look at t- tangible signs, but I, I look at the comments too of AJ Green after the game talking about Bob Sutton and what he was able to do. You know, they showed uh, Cincinnati some looks that Bob Sutton had not shown on film leading up to the game, and, and yeah, Green had a great game, but it, it really did stifle their offense as a whole, and, and so does a good a good offense by the Chiefs because then when you make them one dimensional, that's when I think the Chiefs defense looks really good, and, and the Chiefs had a big lead for most of this game. I'm just saying is, and I I always get called Buzz Killington for this, but I feel like, at least Chiefs fans, we try to poke holes in the resume of everybody else. Man, well, who'd you beat? Right. Who, who have the Chargers beat? Well, the last three weeks on defense, this is who the Chiefs have gone up against. Blake Bortles, who just got benched for Cody Kessler, who was playing the worst stretch of his NFL career. <laughs> Blake Bortles, this is the worst stretch of his NFL career. Yeah, he You're got right. a starting job back, though. That but he threw for good. 400 yards. They played Tom Brady and got cooked, we agree, got cooked. Right. And then they played primetime Andy Dalton, who's, who's, who's one of the five worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, Andy Dalton during the day is all right. 
Andy Dalton at home what's he, is like, all what's right. What's the deal with that? How do you how do you be that bad at night? Don't guys usually have better games at night when the lights are on or you're on national? They're TV? not all they're not it's, all Showtime. Especially with his home. light skin, you would think that the day would yeah. be a little bit more it's of a problem. He's redheaded. He's redheaded, man. He's sunburned easily. Did we just say big time players make big time plays in big time games? He never makes big time <laughs> plays in big time games. You're not a big time player. Andy Dalton's not good. So you need, you want to see them do well against the Rams in Mexico City, and then you'll be satisfied. Like if like if the Chiefs were to hold the Rams to 14 points, you're you're Happier. Yeah, but I mean, I would feel that way about anybody. I would say there's nothing they can do these next three weeks that would drastically change my opinion. You go up against Case Keenum, who probably will not be starting for an NFL team next year. Baker Mayfield, who's a very inconsistent rookie, and Josh Rosen. Then you, then after that, they got a real stretch to me. After that, they got a real yeah. stretch. The Rams, who have the second best, if not the best offense in the NFL. You then play Baltimore, who I think is going to make the playoffs this year. Prove it against those teams. But nighttime against Cincinnati at home in which Cincinnati, Andy Dalton is 0-4-11 on Sunday night football. Everybody that was going into that game knew that, Cincinnati was going to lose. And we so knew they were going to get smoked in that's that That's the game. worst stat. That's like the equivalent of the Chiefs playoff winless streak there for me. Like we always the talk about quarterback being a win-loss stat. Andy Dalton, he is 0-4-11 on Sunday night football. Marvin Lewis is now 1-17 in road primetime games. Road 1-17. We knew they were losing that game. Kind of sounds like Andy Dalton needs to see some kind of sports psychologist yeah, or something. Maybe. That sounds like a thing. No, it is absolutely maybe mental. Maybe needs a snack or a nap or something. <laughs> it is absolutely <laughs> mental. Afternoon. Coming up in just a bit, we'll give you a chance to win 1000 bucks in our national cash contest, and we'll go rapid fire with some of the things happening with your, with, with your Kansas City Chiefs. All that coming up is to drive. Back in on the drive, we'll give you a chance to win 1000 bucks in our national cash contest. Text the word Cowboys, C-O-W-B-O-Y, Cowboys, who's 72881. That's Cowboy. You want Chiefs talk and a chance to win 1000 on the 30s. There's only one station in Kansas City giving you both. Weekdays from 7A to 7P, it pays to listen to the largest sports radio company in, in the world. world. Messages and data rates may apply. Your next chance to win is coming up in one hour, but why not go ahead and win right now? One more time for those of you in the back that are hard of hearing. Cowboys, C-O-W-B-O-Y, Cowboy, 272881. Ezekiel Elliott, he is a cowboy. That is the code word for 330. He is a cowboy uh, as well. What did you guys make of that trade, the Amari Cooper trade? Uh, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> just like all around. It's such um, a Jerry Jones move, isn't it? No, I mean, it was a great move by the Raiders. I 100% would have done it if I was uh, Denver. Like when, when it first came out that they were looking for, or if I was Oakland, excuse me, when it first came out that they were looking for a first round pick, like I think people laughed at that. And then that they actually went out and got one. I'm very, very surprised. What is Dallas thinking? It's Jerry Jones, dude. That's what they do, man. I just don't get it. I mean, he's going like all out to go nine and seven and get a playoff berth this year. You it, know, it, it was rumored that Philadelphia had offered it too, and I think Jerry might have heard it and said, "Well, that's not happening." And they yeah. went out and gave him a first, which was way too much uh, for Amari Cooper, and the deal's done. The Raiders made a great move, I thought. Although, wasn't there like a period when Amari Cooper was an ascending player? Like, he was going to be good, and this last, like, two years, he's been, like, oddly bad. So maybe he's he, he's he's better than we realize. He certainly, to me, is a change of scenery candidate. I mean, how often does that work out? I, I think less more so than often, you know? Uh, we'll see, but... Yeah, he he had a period where he was really, really good, and I think Chiefs fans were actually a little shook. This is what I guess maybe confuses me the most about it is you had a chance to just draft Calvin Ridley. You chose not to draft Calvin Ridley. You could have got a first-round – 
You could have used a first-round pick on a wide receiver for a much better contract than the one you have to give Amari Cooper. You could have got Josh Gordon three weeks ago <laughs> for a fifth-round pick, and you it's chose true. not to go get Josh Gordon. You could have got Brandon Cooks this offseason. Like, if you were willing to trade a first-round pick to a team, you could have got Brandon Cooks, who's better than Amari Cooper. This was the decision to, to trade a first-round draft pick for Amari Cooper? This is just what happens to teams when they get in the middle of the season and, they're, and they get desperate and he just wants to make the playoffs. Like That's that's what this is about. I don't think anybody thinks they're going to win a Super Bowl or anything like that. It's very, very short-sighted. Well, well he ain't that, making the playoff against, uh, playoffs against our guy, Al Smith. You know, yeah, Al Smith's making true. the playoffs. All that's he does true. is win. You know, like, the, the thing is, though, too, though, like I would not make a deal like a Patrick Peterson deal or something like that just to make the playoffs. That's stupid. No, but, that's that's Dallas's that, move there. That's exactly but, what they're know, doing here. But but to make the move to put you over the top, like we've been talking about all week, to get you to the Super Bowl for the first time in 48 freaking years, I'm in. Like, I'm totally on board with that, even if you have to overpay to do it. I, mean, I, I think the difference, at least for Dallas, is you don't have a number one wide receiver for Dak Prescott. So if you like your quarterback, and it seems that they do, and they believe in their quarterback, at some point you've got to give them some kind of weapon to throw to. Like, the Cowboys are clearly saying – Oakland didn't know what to do with him. We think in our offense we can get the most out of Amari Cooper, and we like him more than we liked Ridley. We like him more than we like all these other options, so we're willing to do it because, I mean, if you're trading a first-round pick for it and your first-round pick, you got to be willing to give him the contract that goes with it. Exactly. You're going to have to keep him for a while, too. Yeah, and, and, I mean, Amari Cooper, if I'm looking at the contract that I just saw Sammy Watkins get, why am I not eligible for that contract? I had a really good first season Mm -hmm. and a half, two seasons with my team disappointing now I'm in a new situation he should be asking the exact same money that we just saw Sammy Watkins get and he'll probably get it from Dallas he's got he's got the leverage too because they just gave up the the draft pick for him so if he's going to hold out for a lot of money Cowboys are going to have to overpay and they're going to be screwed twice there's a case for too I mean how many first round picks actually hit like now the Raiders have to hit on their first rounder that they gave up Cooper for and you look at the Dallas side of it I mean they're staring a season where their number one receiver is Cole Beasley all right, maybe you shouldn't have gotten rid of Dez. That there's a, there's an argument to be made there because Dez had Dez right now wherever he is has to be better than Cole Beasley. Nothing, I like Cole Beasley, but he's not a number one. No, he's a very decent number three on right. your team. I, I like I would him. say. I mean, I, I like Cole Beasley too. I think he's a really good possession receiver. This is not a guy I would have be my number one option. Uh, what do you, do you guys? Where are you at on Daniel Sorensen? Because I said this when we had Matt Miller on earlier today. That I, I feel like for as much as we talk about Daniel Sorensen, mm. we ain't getting the production on the field for Dirty Dan and all this Too kind of stuff. Too dirty to clean my act up. <laughs> <laughs> he is a average <laughs> NFL player. What was that piece? Yeah, what is that? Pete? That's my best Christine Aguilar. You don't remember uh, Christine Aguilar no, back in the day? I tried to forget, actually. Say it again, Pete. Okay, hold on. <clears throat> Too dirty to clean my act up. Oh, Christina Aguilera said that. Dirty, yeah, dang. it's kind of hot, man. I like it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think Storgeson's going to be um, an average player, which feels like an upgrade at times in the secondary. Um, I think he'll probably be a little bit better than than Ron Parker, uh, who's showing his age a little bit. But he's he's going to help. I don't think he's going to be a savior or anything like that. I think like like uh, he's better than Jordan Lucas. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, I don't think he's better than Jordan like Lucas. I think he'll be better by the line of scrimmage uh, and give them some more some some, uh, some more options like more looks which I think is a positive um, but he's not going to be like you know 
he's not going to have the effect that that Barry potentially it, could or it, anything like that. It's worth reminding everyone what the chatter was about Sorensen leading up to the season. That was well, Eric Barry's back now, so Sorensen could kind of fall back into his role playing role and be effective because he really is an effective role player as a safety. So I don't think he's coming in and is going to be your number one safety yeah. by any means. I mean, there's a case to be made that that maybe Sorensen and Lucas is your best one too at the position. I don't know. I mean, it just it remains to be seen. But this isn't. Like a Barry would be a season changing addition by any means. I mean, Andy talks about like he likes to use him as a little bit of a hybrid, right? Yeah. Throw him in there as a linebacker too, depending on what the situation is. And I think we're kind of seeing that. I mean, Dorian O'Daniel sort of fits that role a little bit, yeah. I think. Right. And so I think at the very at the at the very least, you get depth at a position you're really, really thin at. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm not exactly. saying Dirty Dan's gonna roll in here, you know, wear a cape on the field and save the day, man. But I it, it, it it's gotta help you to have an extra body out there that's got some experience. I look at Dirty Dan as just a depth move. It's like kind of what you're saying. Yeah, He's a depth move. Dirty to clean my act up. <laughs> oh, nice. I there definitely didn't need that. I, I, was a, I was having a better day before I heard <laughs> my that. My Wednesday is brighter now after hearing that. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you this, Joel. On a scale from 1 to 10, how much do you hate the Raiders? On a scale from 1 to 10, how much do you hate the Broncos? Bronco- I don't think it's even between the two for you. Broncos is higher for me. Um, just because they've... What, they've, they've, they've yeah, Broncos, I'd say, is like a nine, nine and a half. Raiders <laughs> is more of a sad feeling. We're, we're back to like the mid-2000s when, yeah. uh, you know, after the Raiders had their had their run and they were bad for so long, you end up just feeling bad for them. So I'll say like a like a six and a half or seven for the Raiders. Haven't you ever played a team like in your weekend war, your softball league or whatever it is, and you always kick their ass, and then you're just so nice to them after the game? I feel like that's the way the Chiefs are with the Raiders. Yeah. Right? It's like eh, we beat you. Hey, man, great game. Love playing you. You're a good dude. Yeah, if you're okay. if you're stuck defending whether or not you cried on the football field, like <laughs> as the leader of the team, you've already lost it. You've already yeah, lost it. Can't be crying for me as a transplant coming five years ago. I find the Broncos are more annoying because yeah, they do yeah. have this fan base that tweets at you and so often and messages you and like they think they're great because of the you know the Super Bowl and everything like that. Like they they have missed on quarterbacks now for like five years straight. And Peyton Manning was horrible even when they won the Super Bowl. He was terrible. And, and the fans are just, they're always just bringing up the past. Like, to me, at, at least this juncture, you, like, for a fan base to be annoying, they have to be good. And the Broncos have been better than the Raiders have been recently, I think, you know, all together. How so many I, times have the Chiefs beat them in a row now? Like, the Broncos? I mean, it's something ridiculous, isn't it? They're, Seven? Something they're, like that? Their record against the AFC West in the past five years, I think it's only been one or two losses. Like, yeah. and. and and the Chargers were one of them, and the Raiders were another one. Yeah, right? I mean, the Broncos haven't beaten them since they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. No, I am absolutely here for uh, for John Elway's fall from grace here. Yeah, me too. Because um, he, he, made, he made the Peyton move, and, like, he's done jack since then. I, I, it I, does I, not look like a good roster he's put together, yeah. and I am here to see this thing implode because they could be bad for several years in a row. John Elway's the only G- GM, and in being in Denver, is the only guy that can get away with missing on quarterbacks that many times. Since the Peyton Manning can still have a gig. Do we agree on that? Yeah. I saw a tweet. I forget who yeah. it was from, but it, it was if they didn't make the El, or I'm sorry, if they didn't make the Manning move, if Elway didn't make the Manning move, like what would his tenure look like? It wouldn't be, be all terrible. that great. Yeah, it'd be terrible. No, it wouldn't look good at all. I, I don't know this for a fact. I didn't see this anywhere, but I would venture that the Broncos were the only team to not have an active quarterback on the roster that they drafted. I can't think of another team off the top of my head that has a quarterback on their roster that they, at least not one that they didn't draft. Because who did they just cut? Spec, do you know? Chad, Chad Kelly. Yeah. Well, he, until last year, there was, was, was the Chiefs, there was a, right? There was, a bet, there was a bet we had on the show. That's I, actually, I, bringing that up. I actually didn't think Chad Kelly was going to get cut. I think I, I kind of thought that Elway was going to look, look out for his boy Jim and keep Chad on the roster. <laughs>
I still think Chad Kelly starts for the Broncos. <laughs> I can see a Chad Kelly start. If you put me down for over-under on Chad Kelly starts at .5, I take the over on that. I'll make that think, bet with you. Yeah, I think he starts week 16 or 17. I'll take that bet. I think he's going to get cut. Wasn't that really recent? No way. It was yesterday. I, yesterday. I'll yeah. double down he doesn't get cut. I'll take a double down bet. I'll bet that Chad Kelly's still on the team. If you want to make You're that still bet, still down eight bucks for our last our last bet. I'm about to be up still eight bucks. Still waiting. Okay, I'm about to be up yeah, right keep now. Waiting, dude. I'm about to be up right now. I'll bet you right now that Chad Kelly's on the team Sunday. He's going to be on the team, and he's going to make a start this year. Right. I'll take both of those bets if you would like. Let me get my I, notepad I'm out. Happy, I'm happy to take your October 23rd. <laughs> Why did you have to double down? Was that I necessary? Think, I actually don't think Spectre took the double down. I don't think he has the double down. That's not what the audio indicates, okay? You, we can go back and play the undoctored audio. You literally said, I'm not taking the bet of him getting cut. I'll take it that he doesn't start. I think Spat got in at like 6.30 in the morning to put that together. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful cut. Yeah. But you guys got winning uh, this weekend. Joel, I can't wait for this upset of where you pick the other yeah. team to win. It's going to be great. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'll go 33-14. to 14, Chiefs win. I think since I switched over to Arrowhead, Brad, I, don't, I can't recall Joel picking against no, he does. the Chiefs. He it does. happened like one time last five years. Last what? week, who'd you pick? Or not last week, not in the Bengals game. Who'd you pick in the Patriots game? I don't remember who you picked. Chiefs. Okay. All right, my bad. Every week. It was really, it was really close score. That was the game to pick the other if team. The but. Chiefs were playing the eighty five Bears. Who would you pick? They're gonna like they're gonna stop Mahomes. Right? <laughs> Come on, hey Jim Keller, whatever his name Jim is, McMahon. Jim I mean, McMahon's McMahon not gonna put up forty. To, points. to be fair, this team would smoke the nineteen eighty five Bears because <laughs> for sure, just offensively, they would do something that that team has never seen yeah. before in the history of football. Absolutely. Uh, I'm on an island here. I think it's going to be a lot closer. I, I think the Broncos are playing well, and I, I, I can't believe the Vegas line is 10. I, I see the Chiefs winning 31-28. I could see it being closer than people think. I can't pick. I, I don't know how you pick Denver to win. No. Unless it's some any given Sunday turnovers kind of yeah, stuff. I, mean, I just don't know how you pick Denver to win this game. The other, the other part of that, too, is, I mean, how are the Denver Broncos playing good? They played the crappy-ass Cardinals, and they played one game. And if we're going to crack on the Chiefs' defense about shutting down Nighttime Andy Dalton. I mean, how can you say that the the Broncos are playing great no, right I, now? I'm on the same side. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I think, I'm, with, I'm with the seat on Yeah, I, I can't. I don't know how you can pick the Broncos to win this weekend coming into Arrowhead and what should be a really, really nice environment. I don't think it's going to be an all-time yeah. special environment, but a noon game against a divisional opponent, Denver, it's going to be a good crowd Sunday out of Arrowhead, and it's still relatively warm outside. That is Pete Sweeney and Joel Thorman from Arrowhead Pride. Always good having you guys in the studio, man. Talk Thank to you, you soon, fellas. Bye, fellas. Hello. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.